A reading from the prophet Isaiah. You, Lord, yourself are our Father. Our Redeemer is your ancient name. Why, Lord, leave us to stray, to stray from your ways and harden our hearts against fearing you? Return for the sake of your servants, the tribes of your inheritance. Oh, that you would tear the heavens open and come down. At your presence the mountains would melt. No ear has heard, no eye has seen any God but you act like this for those who trust him. You guide those who act with integrity and keep your ways in mind. You were angry when we were sinners. We had long been rebels against you. We were all like men unclean. All that integrity of ours like filthy clouding. We have all withered like leaves and their sins blew us away like the wind. No one invoked your name or or roused himself to catch hold of you. For you hid your face from us and gave us up to the power of our sins. And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We the clay, you the potter. We are the work of your hand. The word of the Lord. First letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ send you grace and peace. I never stop thanking God for all the graces you have received through Jesus Christ. I thank him that you have been enriched in so many ways, especially in your teachers and preachers. The witness to Christ has indeed been strong among you, so that you will not be without any of the gifts of the Spirit. We are waiting for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And he will keep you steady 
and without blame until the last day, the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, because God, by calling you, has joined you to his Son, Jesus Christ, and God is faithful. The word of the Lord. according to Mark. Jesus said to his disciples, Be on your guard, stay awake, because you never know when the time will come. It is like a man traveling abroad. He's gone from home and left his servants in charge, each with his own task. And he has told the doorkeeper, to stay awake. So stay awake, because you do not know when the master of the house is coming. Evening, midnight, cockcrow, dawn, if he comes unexpectedly, he must not find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. The Gospel of the Lord. M. Scott Peck prefaced his book, The Different Drum, with a story or a myth called The Rabbi's Gift, and it concerns a monastery that has fallen on very hard times. Once a great monastery, but over time it had been reduced to only five monks. The abbot and four others, all well in their 70s, and the order was fading away. It was dying. But deep in the forest surrounding the monastery, there was a little hut, a cell, which a rabbi from a nearby town used occasionally to come for his own personal reflection and prayer. And the old monks had developed a sixth sense about the presence of the rabbi and always could tell when he was in the forest. On one occasion, the abbot, who had been agonizing over the demise of the monastery, he decided to go into the forest to visit the rabbi and ask if he could have some advice. The rabbi welcomed the abbot into his hut, but when the abbot explained the purpose of his visit, the rabbi could only empathize with his plight and commiserate with him. Yes, the spirit seems to have gone out of the people. It's the same in my town. Almost no one comes to the synagogue any more. 
So it was that the abbot and the rabbi spent the day talking and praying together. Finally, time came for the abbot to go back to his monastery. The men hugged, and the abbot sighed, It is wonderful that we could meet and talk, but I have failed in my purpose in coming here. Is there no advice at all you can give me that would help us? I'm sorry, said the rabbi. I'm afraid I have no advice to give. All I can tell you, though, is that the Messiah is one of you. Upon his return to the monastery, the abbot was joined by the other monks who asked, Well, what did Rabbi say? He couldn't help, the abbot replied. We, could, we just sat and we talked and we prayed. And as I was leaving, he said that the Messiah was one of us. I've no idea what he meant. In the days and weeks and months that followed, the old monks pondered this one and wondered if there could be any possible significance in the rabbi's remark. The Messiah is one of us. Do you think he meant one of us monks here at the monastery? If he meant one of us, he surely must have been referring to Father Abbot. He has been our leader for more than a generation. On the, on the other hand, he could have meant Brother Thomas. He is a holy man. Everyone knows that Thomas is a man of light. He is a man of hope. Certainly, he could not have meant Brother John. He gets moody at times. But even though he can be a nuisance, when you look back on it, John virtually always has a valid point to make. Perhaps the rabbi did mean Brother John, but surely not Brother Philip. He's so passive, a real nobody, but then almost magically. Philip has this knack of appearing at your side just when you need him most. Maybe Philip is the Messiah. But of course, the rabbi wasn't referring to me. I'm just an ordinary person. Yet what if it were? What if I am the Messiah? Please God, not me. I couldn't mean that much to you, could I? As they reflected in this manner, the old monks began to treat each other with extraordinary respect on the off chance that maybe one of them might be the Messiah and on the remote chance that each monk himself might be the Messiah they each began to treat themselves with extraordinary respect as well because the forest was so beautiful people still occasionally came to visit the monastery to have a picnic on its lawn to walk along the paths to sit quietly in the chapel as they did so Without even being conscious of it, they sensed the aura of extraordinary respect which seemed to surround each of the elderly monks and which permitted the atmosphere 
of the whole, permeated the atmosphere of the whole monastery. There was something compelling, empowering about it. Frequently, people would come to visit, to play and to pray. Then they began to bring their friends to share this special place. And their friends brought their friends. In time, some of the younger men who came to visit began to talk more and more about the elderly monks. And after a while, one of them asked, could he join the monastery? Then another, then another. Soon, the monastery once again housed a thriving order. And thanks to the rabbi's gift, became a beacon of peace, love and hope. It's a story, and as I said, perhaps a myth, but it does impart an important message that the Messiah, Jesus, is in each and every one of us. And we have to treat each other with extraordinary respect. And we have to see Jesus in everyone. And I know that's not easy. I know for myself it's not easy at times. But we are called to be beacons of peace, love and hope. And that's what this season of Advent is all about. The Messiah, Jesus, is in each and every one of us through our baptism. Today, we begin the season of Advent. It's a time of waiting, a time of patience, a time to prepare our hearts for the coming of the of Jesus, the birthday of Jesus. We have spent, as you know, the last six weeks in lockdown, waiting for level five restrictions to be lifted. This has been a challenging and a testing time for many people up and down the country. What? But the question is really, and it's the question I was reflecting on really during the week then as well, what has lockdown taught us. Many people just want to get back to some normality. The other day I was in Dunstores and I was flying around the aisles getting some messages for my mother then as well and it just hit, hit me as I was going through the aisles then as well. Why are you rushing around like a lunatic, like a madman as well? Has lockdown taught you nothing, Emmet? We need to be slow down. We need to be patient. My mother would always say to me, most days as well, you don't have great patience, you don't have great patience with me. And she's right, I don't. But that's my prayer for myself anyway. You have your own prayers, your own needs, your own intentions. To pray in this season of Advent, that lockdown, you know, and Advent will teach us, for me to be patient, you know, you know, the deepest cry of the human heart is to have to be in union with God and that's my prayer for each and every one of you in this season of Advent to be in union with God to, that God will be drawn closer to you and that you will come closer to him and there's absolutely nothing to be afraid of what Jesus wants from us is that he wants to have a personal relationship with us. Advent is about forming a spirit of prayer 
within our hearts. Let this be the beginning, the start of that spirit, that the spirit will grow within each and every one of us, just like it did in the monastery. There's a monastery within each of us, there's a, in our hearts, and we have to cultivate it and, and develop it, and that there's no better development than developing a beautiful, wholesome friendship with Jesus in our lives. And that's my prayer for you in this season of Advent. Amen.